0: Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast, which is part two of negotiation skills. Last week I took you through my top ten tips on negotiation in general. This week it's about how to resist ten typical negotiation tactics, often used by the other party, and often a, a bit manipulative. In fact, in my view, these negotiation tactics that are quite common are nothing more than pressure selling. So they are masquerading as negotiation when, in fact, really, they're a sheep in wolf's clothing by being pressure selling. So here's 10 typical negotiation tactics that you should resist. So tactic number one is setting unhelpful deadlines or time pressure. It's quite a common technique to tell you that if you don't close the deal today then the price will go up or somebody else will come along and take this because they've got a booking on it for tomorrow so effectively they're simply using time as a variable and trying to squeeze you into an agreement by making the time the deadline more imminent quite simply say well okay I'll come back tomorrow resist Tip number two, or technique number two, is giving you a limited option. Um, Well, you can have it at this price, but if you have it in green, and you don't want it in green, I mean, if you do, that's fine. They're offering that as a a discount almost. But if you want something in a different colour, or a preferred colour that isn't green, then again, say no. Or, if you're prepared to take it as green, Use that acceptance of a colour you don't particularly want as a lever to try and get a reduced variable of theirs. So, okay, I'll take green, but I'd need to have a 15% discount for taking green. Or I would need, if it's a car, for instance, I'd need, I don't know, some particular accessory added. So if they're trying to sell something to you because it suits them, it's green to get rid of it then ask for a compensatory reduction in another of their variables price or an accessory as a way of trading so technique number two is them offering you a limited option technique number three is they're offering you a threat there will be a price increase unless uh, somebody else will take this away unless it won't be available unless well all of that really as it sounds is a threat it's kind of you know if you don't do it now then there will be a consequence that is not to your favour again just resist say well if that's the way it is that's the way it is people who are Offering threats or very limited deadlines aren't really negotiating. They're not looking for a win-win. They're looking to pressure sell. So best response to pressure selling? Resist. So technique number three is to imply a change in condition which sounds like and is a threat. Technique number four, and this is a very common one, called reciprocity. It's used by the other party to give you something that seems like a, a gift or a favour or something that's generous in the hope that it places you under a psychological obligation to offer something back in kind. So without you asking for something, they offer something, a seemingly generous gesture. I tell you what, I'll I'll throw in this and I'll throw in that or I'll... I'll provide something additional. Um, I'll give you a a free tank of fuel, or I'll make sure that there's a CD player, or whatever. It's It's an offer, apparently, of a gift, because it comes as no additional price. It's not part of a changing contract. So it's a freebie. And we all like freebies. We like getting something for nothing. But psychologically, for some of us, we feel we have to reciprocate by offering something back in turn. If nothing else, it might simply make us more favourably disposed to that other party. If you're going round a number of garages and looking at a range of cars, maybe you are more inclined to return to the one that offered you the freebie. Actually, the freebie's not really that crucial compared to the overall cost of what it is you want, but it has created a psychological indebtedness in you where you feel you have to offer something back in return. And the best response to reciprocity is to resist it. That's their choice to offer you something for nothing. It shows that they really are keen on on you closing a deal with them. Do not feel obligated to respond in a similar fashion. If they're offering it as a gift and you eventually seal the deal, then just take it as a gift. You don't have to offer anything back in return. And remember that it's a bit duplicitous. It's a bit of a a manipulative gesture to try and create a psychological preference in your mind. So, as with all the other techniques in this list, resist. Discount in your head the emotional appeal of a gift. Tip or technique number five. Resist the sizzle, and pay attention to the steak. Some people will dress up the offer by making particular features particularly attractive. You know, the best example of this is what we, or something we all know, which is house selling. People say, don't they? Make sure you have fresh coffee or fresh bread uh, coming out of the kitchen as a smell, or nice fresh flowers. Um, my youngest son um, was buying a house or looking at a house and I was with him as he was taken around the house by its seller. and she said oh, come in and we'll, we'll start by going upstairs which I thought was a little bit unusual and we won't go to the main bedroom we'll go into the, into the second bedroom and I at that point realised that something was going on and as they went into the second bedroom they were able to see below them a fantastic garden just as a sort of overview of just how good the garden was. That's the sizzle. The house is the steak. But the the seller was selling the sizzle, and of course it worked. The garden was fantastic. They had two young children, and it was a a, a wonderful garden for the children to play in. And for the rest of the visit around the house, they kept talking about the garden. And the house was good. It was great. And they, they bought it, and I think it was a really good buy. But once they had seen the garden from the upstairs second bedroom, they were hooked. So beware a single factor which has really powerful emotional appeal. That's a single variable, isn't it? The garden. And they have been hooked by being sold the sizzle more than the steak. So tip number five, resist the sizzle. Tip number six. Um, a well-known negotiation sh- technique is salami negotiation. This is that in a negotiation there'll be a number of variables there'll be a, a a composition of variables let's say possibly ten and you've got two basic choices in negotiation as as strategies. The first one is you can put all ten variables on the table and that allows you to cross trade one variable with another or you can go for salami negotiation, where you look at each variable on its own and come to a decision. In effect, salami negotiation is haggling over each variable. And for some, haggling over each variable works towards a better outcome for that party. My own personal view is that usually... Putting all the variables on the table and then cross-trading across those variables works best. It gives you maximum flexibility and maximum choice. And you see the whole picture the whole of the time. So I'm quite sceptical if the other party introduces, let's just look at this variable, let's just look at transport, let's just look at insurance, let's just look at removal of rubbish. No, let's put them all on the table, because putting them all on the table allows the essence of a good negotiation, which is cross-trading. So, resist salami strategy. Tactic number seven, the halo effect. This is really another way of describing the sizzle in the steak. A halo effect is where the other party emphasizes a variable they know you are particularly keen on. In the example I gave earlier, the halo effect is the garden. The vendor of that house realised that a young couple might be very interested in a safe and large garden, and she was right. So she emphasised the halo effect of the garden. She knew it would have a compelling influence. So what might a halo effect be? Well, what what variables in the deal might matter to you? The other party may know deadline is crucial. The other party may know that price or cost is crucial. The other party might know that a method of payment is crucial. So they will emphasise that and perhaps be resistant to seeing it as a variable, knowing it's so important to you. So beware the halo effect, where one variable almost swamps the rest. So, technique number seven is the halo effect. and Like all the others, resist. Technique number eight is vagueness. Be careful, if you want to to strike a deal, and clearly by having the negotiation in the first place, your desire is to have a successful outcome, be careful that the other party doesn't just agree something in vague terms. Oh yes, we'll, we'll manage that. Yes, we'll arrange for that. Yes, we'll cover that off. Yes, we'll make that happen. How? And who's going to pay? And when will that happen? Seek the specifics. Don't be seduced by a vague offer or a vague agreement get to the detail so on tip number eight make sure the detail of each arrangement and variable is clear technique number nine is false assumptions or premises and this is more about you than the other party though both of you can be a victim to this you assume something Because that's what you've always assumed, or that that would be in your head standard practice. But unless you've nailed it, unless you've clarified it, it may not be standard practice to the other person. I have a funny story about this. Um, A friend of mine who does double glazing went and did some double glazing for um, an oldish lady. And he was doing double glazing for the whole of the bungalow. So it was quite a long job. He was there for several days. And she often made a cup of tea and a plate of biscuits and did some sandwiches around lunchtime. And, of course, it, they used the in-house toilet. Um, when he came to settle and pass the bill on to the lady, uh, she put a counter bill to him for refreshments and for use of toilet amenities. Um He thought the offer of biscuits and tea and toilet facilities was a freebie. That was his assumption. That was his standard practice. Actually, no. Uh, He learned a very valuable lesson uh, through that contract. And uh, it's a very good example of not taking everything for granted. Because you might offer something for free. Don't assume the other party will. Another good example of that is if you've had some, I don't know, landscaping or gardening done, who's going to remove the rubbish? You might assume they will. Um, Maybe not. Maybe the pile of rubbish is left on your garden or drive because you didn't specify that as something to be done by the other party. They will then, of course, remove it, but for an additional cost. So beware false assumptions. That's tip number nine. Make sure everything in the contract is specified. Don't assume anything. And my final issue or or technique or tactic that is often used by the other party is known as a straw issue. And this is quite a strong and powerful technique, quite manipulative and quite difficult to spot. A straw issue is something that the other party puts into the negotiation as a variable which is unimportant to them, but they want to use to, to extract a concession from you. So they may have ten variables offered on the table, of which three are what we'd call straw variables or straw issues. They're quite happy to let those go, to give them up, in order to extract a meaningful variable from you, one that you would quite like to hang on to. So it's difficult to say what might be a straw issue, because that's only known to the other party. But it can be... um, I don't know, um, that they will offer to collect something. They would offer to collect something anyway, but they're putting it onto the table as a straw issue so they can say, I tell you what, we won't charge you for collecting it, we'll just come and take it anyway. And you'll think, well, that's generous. That's something I can give. in uh, From my side, I can give something in return for that. Now, they were going to give it anyway. So, it's difficult, because if it feels real and relevant for you, then understandably, you're likely to cross-trade and offer something in return. I think my attitude to this is, because straw issues are so difficult to detect from the other party, you have to just be very um, kind to yourself. If they are offering something that later turns out to be a straw issue, that they were going to concede or give up anyway, but it is valuable to you, then, in a sense, it's not really a straw issue, is it? because you would have been prepared to pay for that. So even though they think they have got a a result by getting from you a concession for that straw issue, you are probably going to be prepared to pay for it anyway. By contrast, one way of thinking whether or not an issue is a straw issue from the other party is to consider what other parties that you work with would do if another party with whom you have a similar contract gives that variable away for free and this particular party is offering to trade it the chances are it might be a straw issue because you know elsewhere people give you that for free so watch out for straw issue is my tip number ten so to quickly run through them again here are my top ten tactics often used by other parties tactic one unhelpful deadlines. Tactic 2 offering limited options. Tactic 3 offering a threat, an unwanted consequence. Tactic 4 is creating an obligation through reciprocity. Tactic number 5 is emphasizing the sizzle, the emotional appeal and not the facts and the detail of the stake. Tactic number 6 is seeing each variable as worth negotiating on its own, the salami strategy, slice by slice. Tactic number seven is creating a halo effect, particularly something they know you value. Tactic number eight is keeping things vague, not specifying the detail. Tactic number nine is using false assumptions, that's particularly true for you, for assuming something to be included when it isn't. And tactic number 10 is the other party offering straw issues that they meant to concede anyway, but in order to extract a concession from you. So in most of those, when they come from the other party, simply resist. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope you found that helpful. Bye for now.